Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. All right, it is Saturday, November 5th. That's right, your ears have not deceived you. This is a supplemental episode of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, hot off the heels of the Crown Jewel Premium Live event here this afternoon. You have got DJ, the man with the award-winning beard, and the certified genius from the Rob the Genius Podcast. Mr. Rob, sir, how are you? Good, good to be here. Good. So we are doing a little supplemental episode here. Going to talk WWE Crown Jewel. We just finished up the show here about 15, 20 minutes ago. And uh, I'm going to lead off by saying, man, this show didn't miss. Not a single match missed tonight. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, wow. It, um, it, ex- it exceeded expectations. Uh, you know, I thought, as we talked about earlier this week, there were a couple of matches that I thought maybe were just, you know, we're just kind of just going to be just there. And even those were better than I thought they were going to be. Absolutely. I think uh, you and I agreed on which matches we thought were going to be the ones we kind of, you know, went and got a snack, went to the bathroom, you know, looked at our phones and stuff like that. And I found myself invested in every single thing tonight. I think the uh, the the only thing that really and it's not that it didn't hit for me. It's just that it's like, OK, it's been almost four weeks. Uh we need to move these Bray Wyatt segments along. And I know they keep teasing little things here and there. And eventually, I'm trying not to be one of those fans that want to, uh, you know, kind of rush this thing along and get to the end game. But I'm also at the point where I'm like, okay, we, we've seen three or four of these now. And the, the, the cycle and the pattern keeps repeating itself. When are we going to get to the payoff? And I have no doubt that the payoff is going to be worth it. But for me, I think tonight, and I won't say it. We're talking about an excellent pay-per-view. So one promo segment that didn't really hit for me is still a pretty high bar set on a pay-per-view or a premium live event that a lot of people for the longest time just thought was going to end up being throwaway. And the last few from the kingdom of Saudi Arabia have been really good. Uh, they have. And just, I mean, think back to that the first one they did in 2018. That show was terrible. It was, and it felt like a, a throwaway show. It was a bunch of matches just thrown together, had absolutely little to do with what was going on storyline-wise in, in current WWE TV. Now here we are, fast forward, what are we, four years into this now? Yeah. Yeah, four years into this, and now they're tying it all together, and it's it's been amazing. It's really, really turned into something that's must-watch. Yeah, and honestly, uh, because, well, the first... I remember the first crown jewel that was a month after Roman or the same month that Roman announced his leukemia had returned. So in addition to the card just being garbage, um, there was that whole, you know, kind of just cloud over everything at the time. <clears throat> and um, so, I mean, it's a big deal just for him, you know, to be back and doing this again, you know, and I mean, it's been three years since he came back. Yeah. So, I mean, it's easy to forget just how, I mean, we thought that man was going to die. Yeah, you, you didn't know how serious it was or, yeah. 
you know, what, what the, what the end game of that whole thing was going to be. And you were just like, okay, I just want the guy to live, you know, coming back to wrestling is just the furthest thing from anybody's mind. I just want the guy to to live out, you know, a long, healthy life. Yeah. Cause I mean, first I was, you know, worried that, that this might be it period. And then, you know, once word got around it, okay, he was recovering and all that. Then I thought, well, maybe this might be like a Magnum TA situation where you know, he's able to live and everything, but, you know, we just don't see him on, in the ring anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Was, I mean, him making it back was just remarkable in itself. And then now, I mean, he's going on this run. I mean, this is it's crazy, man. It's absolutely incredible run. And tonight, tonight really was just another another chapter in this entire amazing Roman Reigns tribal chief story that we're just completely immersed in right now. So we're going to start off and just go down the card here and talk a little bit about each match. I don't think we're going to go too long here tonight. Let me get my notes pulled up. We kicked off the show tonight. Where is uh, with Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley? And this was one that I was really, really looking forward to. I said on the, the podcast earlier this week that their last match together, they kind of called an audible Kind of the finish felt flat um, just because Lashley took a, a German suplex high end early on, and I think he injured himself, rung his bell. So that match didn't, I don't think they got out of it what they wanted. Uh, buddy, I got to be honest with you, aside from the finish, they got it tonight. Those guys, that was a hell of an opening match. Oh, yes, sir. Oh, my goodness. That I mean, that was just, it was outstanding. And I mean, and they got into it right from the jump. And, they did. Uh, they, and, yeah. So, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. Oh, okay. And, and, you know, they switched up, you know, because the crowd was cheering Brock. So Bobby, Bobby switched up and worked heel. It was great. You know, whether they're going to, that's going to be an ongoing thing for him now, whether it was just for tonight. Either way, I mean, that was, I mean, that was a great job by him just to switch up and work heel because, you know, because you know, that's what the crowd was. Yeah, I, I have to believe they knew that going in. Lesnar's such a, such a box office attraction. And for those folks over there to really, understand that and get him over there and i think the last time he went over there he was babyface anyway wasn't he um yeah and and then also i mean the, the cowboy brock thing has gotten over yes so much that i mean he look he's babyface from here on out no matter how they book him pretty much it's funny because in the kayfabe world he's the heel in this situation because he came out and attacked Lashley to begin with and cost Lashley the U.S. championship against Seth Rollins. But here, out of necessity, the whole dynamic dichotomy of this this feud has shifted on a dime, and Lashley played it to perfection. He jumped Lesnar at the beginning of the match, beat the absolute dog piss out of him, and, you know, it, it was just incredible to listen to the crowd booing Lashley every time the guy even, like, breathed. Yeah, and... um Look, that's one of those things you got to be able, be able to do is, you know, switch it up and, you know, to go with the crowd. I mean, and of course, you know, the, the biggest example of that was, you know, Hogan and Rocket WrestleMania 18. Yeah. When, I mean, you know, we were expecting, you know, Hollywood Hogan and then they were in Toronto and Toronto was like, no, nah, hell no. You know, Hulk is back home. We're cheering and fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> Toronto is Hogan territory, pal. Yeah. And, and he was, that was his first time since coming back from WCW. So, like, no, the hell no, we're not going to boo him tonight. They were ready for the whole Hulk Hogan show. Yeah, and but they switched up, and they worked it, you know, and they they worked the match accordingly. And um, and actually, this year, um, the house show I went to, the Usos and the Viking Raiders did the same thing. 
I mean, you know, it was a it was a bloodline town, and yeah. so they switched it up, and you know, the Usos did kind of a you know they did the whole face and peril bit, and the Viking Raiders did some heel cheating and stuff and whatnot, and and it worked perfect, and you know, and so they did that here tonight, and you know, kudos to you know Brock and Bobby for pulling that off. Yeah. The only thing that got me, and, and I hate saying this just because I don't like, again, I don't like to be that kind of fan. The finish, although I understand what they were going for, is like you spend, the story is Bobby Lashley is beating the ever-loving hell out of Brock Lesnar. Like Lesnar's getting a couple shots in here and there, but this was not the Brock Lesnar Suplex City show tonight. Yeah. You know, Bobby Lashley was getting that ass. And yeah. then in the in the closing moments of the match, they go for the, uh, the Hitman uh, Roddy Piper finish and it ended up just kind of like Brock laying on top of Lashley and, and the ref counting three. Um, I, I hate to I hate to crap on a great match because it had a shitty finish, but I, I, you know I also have to call it when I see it. Yeah, because look, I mean, with that particular type of move, like you said in the chat, it needs to be it's better with smaller people because for it to work, you got to nail the roll through. Yes. Coming out of the corner. And, you know, Brett nailed that against Piper at WrestleMania that year. And that's the only way for it to look good. Is I mean, you got to nail the roll through and get both your legs up and over, you know, for it to look right. And, and look, and look, I mean, Brock wasn't going to get his big feet up and over on that, okay? <laughs> it was that not going to happen. happen like that. No. <laughs> that was not going to happen, okay? <laughs> what I did like about the finish, and, and the execution of the finish is one thing, but the finish in and of itself as a, as a booking call, I like it because now we're definitely going to get Lesnar and Lashley again. And, and I'm here for that. Yeah, and so it's just a question of where. Um I mean, either it's Royal Rumble or it's WrestleMania, I think, uh, you know, depending on, you know, whether or not Lashley ends up having a date with the uh, Tribal Chief or not, depending on the circumstances. But uh, we're definitely getting it again. Yeah. And I'm here for that because it just gets better every time because their first match until, up until Lashley got injured was a very good story. And then this match was a completely different story. Yeah. And... Lashley, I gotta give him, he works great with big guys. Because a lot of times when you have big guy and big guy, it can be like some kind of slow lumbering kind of thing. Um, he worked great with Roman when they wrestled a few years ago. He worked great with Drew. Uh, he's worked great with Braun. And now here with Brock. And, um, and it's just been great, you know. He's such an explosive competitor that if he works with somebody who can match his intensity... It comes off really, really well. And the guys you just mentioned, you know, Roman, Drew, Brock, those guys can all match intensity with Bobby Lashley. So magic is bound to happen. Yeah. I mean, he and he and he were good together, too. Uh, like, uh, yeah. Again, and again, you're talking about an explosive smash mouth worker. And those yeah. guys, that's that's the type of match you and I love. And it's funny because, like, when he's had those matches against smaller guys, you go in, you know, for whatever reason, it seems like he doesn't click quite as well with the smaller guys, um, like you would expect. Like, right. Because like, I know he and Seth have gone at it a couple of times, and I think he and AJ did a couple of times. And I mean, it was good, but it, it wasn't quite what you would expect. Yeah. But he, but when you put him in there with big athletic guys, and it, it's off to the races. He's really good at that. 
That's because he'll get up and he'll bump for you. Like, yeah. if you can get him up and you can move him around, Lashley will sell like a million bucks, man. Yeah. So and I think he and Sheamus may have had a couple last year also. Um, and- yeah. Yeah, Sheamus is another guy. He can dish it out and he can take it. And, you know, him and Lashley, again, they get together and there's just awesome chemistry because of it. Yeah. So, yeah, other than the finish, I think, you know, this one gets, you know, this one gets all the high marks from me other than the finish. Yeah. And like I said, it was just the execution of the finish. From a booking standpoint, I thought the finish was fine. Oh, yeah. So, let's move on to Women's Tag Team Championship match. Tag champions Asuka and Alexa Bliss going against Damage Control in a rematch. This was one that, I'll be honest, I wasn't greatly looking forward to. And this one exceeded my expectations. I got to mention something here because I was told by the interwebs that Alexa Bliss can't go. Um, that, that Alexa Bliss just couldn't wrestle. She was a pretty face and that was it. Alexa Bliss turned up and, you know, showed up and showed out tonight. Yeah. And, and well, the key is you, like, you got to watch her. Like over the years, she's had some, she's had some very good matches with Sasha. She's had some very good matches with Charlotte. And, one thing that both they have in common is like she does more stuff when she's working with them. So I don't know if it was like a trust factor or what, because you know they they wrestled each other in NXT a million times, right? And but you know when she wasn't with either one of them, yeah, I mean it it, it was just weird, or sometimes it just you know wasn't great. Uh, one thing, but I think one thing she really does really well is she she sticks within like her physical capabilities and also she works she works according to her size yes and and you know sometimes now you know we have you know the way some matches get laid out in a lot of places somebody who's you know half the size of their opponent just runs up on them and goes you know mono mono with them and it's just like okay come on yeah um so she knows like when you know she knows that she has to to get the advantage, she has to do something clever or she has to catch them, you know, making a mistake and then she gets the advantage. Yeah. And then she only does moves that look like they make sense for somebody her size to do. I mean, like the only real kind of ridiculous looking thing she does in there is when she does the code red. Yeah. You know, that's it, you know, but okay, fine. And, you know, and... She executes it well, though. Yeah. And that now, one she uh, hit tonight was picture yeah. perfect. Because uh, now, now, now it looks really ridiculous when she does it to Charlotte. <laughs> it does. Because you're just waiting on somebody's head to hit the mat. Because Charlotte's so tall. Yeah. And yeah. Alexa's so short. But I mean, I mean, they they do it well. But it's just it just looks kind of ridiculous. It looks ridiculous yeah. when they when. <laughs> when they it's more play. believable on Dakota Kai. And uh, speaking of which, Dakota Kai, what a hell of a talent. Oh man, yeah, man, I was so happy that you know when. They came out there at SummerSlam because she was one of my favorite women wrestlers in NXT the whole time she was there. Yeah. Um, she always has been. And because I because one thing, like her whole offense is unique just with all the kicks and everything. So she doesn't because I mean, look, a lot of the women wrestlers, a lot of men wrestlers too, they all have kind of like the similar kind of creator wrestler moveset and they right. do a lot of the same stuff. And what she does is very unique with all the different kicks and all the way the different ways that she uses her feet and all of that stuff. And so I've always enjoyed watching her in the ring. And I was yeah. really happy when she came back. And when she when she when Hunter called her to come back, I was really happy for her. 
Yeah. I like her variation of the Haluba kick. Oh yeah. Where she yeah. runs the where she runs the L of the ring and then just kind of hits him, sweeps him from the side. I I pop for that every time. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, I, yeah same here, man. And I I just love her offense because it's so unique and it's just to what everyone else is doing. Yeah. Uh, was kind of, I don't know that any of us predicted this, but again, I think we kind of agreed that it was going to depend on how a batch that ended up later on in the card was going to go. Uh, was I can't remember which one of us actually predicted a title swap, but we got one. I think Damage I Control yeah. regaining the women's tag team championships in a really good match with some really clever, really clever offense. Oscar uh, and Alexa Bliss did this really good. Oscar uh, Bulldog, I think it was Dakota into the knees on Alexa Bliss. It was just some really good wrestling going on in this match. Yeah, and uh, we need to talk about how, um, like, Asuka, I think she may very well be, like, the best. Asuka and Naomi, I think, are the best women tag team partners for people. Yes, yes. Because both of them, they've both been putting some thrown-together at the last-minute teams, and they always come, they, they always work well with their partners. They always come up with some cool stuff to do. Um, and you know, unfortunately, because you know the women's tag team division has been so you know hit and miss and all of that, but the two of them and they back and of course they team together a couple of times too. Yeah. But um, the two of them, Oscar and Naomi, are both. I mean, if you're asking me, just like best tag team partners for people. Um, on the women's side, I think you would you would say both of them from you know where I'm sitting. Yeah, I, I would. I want to you know, kind of put over Oscar a minute because she really is a clutch player. For WWE, during the pandemic, she was must see TV as the uh, as the women's. Chair. I think she was uh, at one point. Did she hold both belts? Oh uh, well, it was like one right after the other. Her, it was yeah. one right after another. So she didn't hold them simultaneously, but she but she kept that storyline that eventually built up to Bailey versus Sasha. She was integral in part of that, and for her to go from that to right into this tag team thing, she just. She wears many hats there inside WWE, and she's been such a clutch player. And aside from being an amazing talent in the ring, yeah. And um, if look, if you need somebody to work a pay per view title match, you can pl- you, you can literally plug her right in. Yes, sir. Yeah, um, absolutely. If you need somebody for a triple threat match, same thing. If you need somebody to work in a contenders match on TV, you know, to decide who gets the title shot, you can plug her in. If you need somebody to work a tag team match, as we've been saying here, you can you can plug her in with almost anybody. And it works. And, you know, and, and you need people like that. And, like, you know, somebody who, you know, somebody with main event talent, but who doesn't necessarily work, always work the main events. <clears throat> yeah, we've um, talked about that type of wrestler on this show before. You need those people. Yeah. And, you know, and I think it, it probably helps that she's at kind of at a stage in her life and her career where, you know, she's not, she doesn't seem to be particularly obsessed with being, holding a certain spot on the roster. Right. I mean, like, obviously, I mean, I don't think, of course, she doesn't want to be a jobber, right? But, um, you know, I, but I think she, she at least comes off as if she's very happy and content at her place in life and her place in her career. Yeah. And, and that, to me, I, that's what I say to anyone who feels like Oscar should have been treated better on the main roster. Asuka's main roster career has been phenomenal. When you when you look at win-loss records, when you look at presentation, she's always presented as a legitimate threat. She's a multi-time women's championship winner. What else do you want? 
Like, I, honest to God, what do you want from an Oscar career? Right. And then, and she's doing this at like 40 something years old. Yeah, I believe she's like 41, yeah. maybe 42. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I hate, you know, being 49 years old, I hate to act like that's old, but, you know, we're also looking at somebody who's on the, the, the sunset end of their career. And who worked that really rough style in Japan for many years. Yeah, I've seen some stuff from Japan where Asuka took a freaking beating. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a similar situation to Shinsuke where, I mean, in either case, with, with, I mean, with both of them, you, when it's time to plug and play, they're ready to go. Yeah, they remind you every now and then of who they used to be, and that's perfectly fine. Yeah. So, yeah, well, like I said, uh, regaining the Women's Championship uh, titles, uh, damage control in in what I feel like may be a turning point for damage control. We talked here the other day, and I don't know if we talked on the show or whether we talked in chat. Um, there's been some, at least on my timeline, a lot of people kind of feeling like this damage control thing wasn't working. If it wasn't, I, I have to feel like tonight was the, the the turning point for that faction because of this match, because it was the match was great. Yeah. So let's move on to a match that I think collectively we were all just kind of like breathing a little heavy sigh about. Cage match between Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross. Uh, their last match, the uh, the strap match at the Extreme Rules, just <laughs> it just was not working for me. Uh, and, and, and I hate saying that because I'm a big supporter of Drew McIntyre. I like the guy. We have all had our set our piece on Karrion Cross. I feel yeah. like he's been on like a perpetual job interview for the last three months, and he's been failing it. I was, and and, and I hate saying that because from a presentation standpoint. Everything surrounding it, I love Carrying Cross. And then the bell rings, and I don't love Carrying Cross as much as I used to. And I, 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 that's so weird because he's a legitimate looking badass. He's legitimately a badass. But when that bell rings, man, something there, there's a, a dynamic shift from the presentation to the work in the ring. There's a disconnect there somewhere for me. So I've been really waiting for him to. Show me something, and I got to be honest with you, I got it today. I, this was a good, fun cage match. Rob, I don't know what your thoughts are here. Um. Oh yeah, same here. Um. Because I'm trying, like, he doesn't suck. That's the thing. He's not. He's not. No, he, he really does not suck at all. He does all. not suck. Okay. It's just that. Yeah. It was just when the bell rings, it's just you know, it just something just ain't ain't working. You know, most of the time. And um, tonight it did, and and I even you know was in our little chat that they even got the the entrance was actually lined up right tonight. Yeah, because I mean it's like we know what they're going for with the entrance, but usually it's it's just disjointed and it seems just kind of weird. Um, but so tonight they even had the, you know the entrance was perfect. Um, he and Drew, you know, they've been working together on house shows for a few weeks. So, yeah, you know, I imagine they've gotten better working together now than they were at Extreme Rules. Uh, and this was a very good match. Both guys did great. And um, so now, you know, I, you know, I went from being, okay, this guy's about to be on the clock to, okay, I think he's safe. Um, and I don't think, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you know I don't, 
necessarily have the highest of prospects for him as far as how high he's going to go. But I think at least now there's we got some signs here that okay he he can he can work here. He's going to be fine, um, even if he's never in that top echelon of talent. Right. I mean, exactly. And I think he's good enough to be fine. If that, you know, you know, I could see a U.S. or Intercontinental title in his future. Um, and that, and you know, that and that may be the ceiling. Um, if it is, that's fine. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. And like, you're not a failure because you were the United States champion. I mean, no, okay. but we need <laughs> to stop that too. That's another thing that wrestling fans need to stop with. Yeah, uh, exactly. Um, because you know, Jake this thing Roberts held no titles, and that you all remember who he is. Yep. Absolutely. So, all right. Uh, and uh, Drew McIntyre. And you know what? I. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I want to say I hated the finish, but I really didn't hate the finish. Um, Drew McIntyre climbing out one side of the cage. Scarlett desperately trying to unlock a cage that she locked so that Karrion Cross could get out. (laughs) Um, And then Drew McIntyre beating Karrion Cross by seconds to hit the floor before Cross could get out of the ring. Thought it was really well done. I enjoyed that. And again, just like Lashley and Lesnar, this leaves things open for another match. I don't think these two are done. Yeah, and so I don't. Yeah, um, maybe one more pay per view match. Um, if nothing else, there's enough juice to keep this thing going on the road for the rest of the year. Um, and 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 so yeah, I think they did enough to keep it going, and that's the important thing. And because I bet the I'm, they probably have they probably have some really good matches on the house shows. They probably really do. You, you know, because we know how that goes. You know what's interesting? Karrion Cross is probably really good on the house shows, and I use Lacey Lacey Evans as an example. There's, again, much like Alexa Bliss, there is a narrative that Lacey Evans sucks. I saw Lacey Evans and Becky Lynch at a house show about three years ago, right before the pandemic and everything shut down. They had the best wrestling match on the card, and Lacey was a part of that. And what you see, there's... People need to understand there's there's TV matches, there's house show matches, there's pay-per-view matches. And one might think that, you know, the TV presentation and the pay-per-view slash premium live event match should be better, but you're playing to a different crowd. You know, when you're playing to a TV crowd, and Tony brought this up the other day when Rob was talking about his AEW Dynamite experience, they don't give a shit what you're doing out in the crowd. That TV show is for the TV audience. And that's what they're playing up for. When you go to a house show, they're wrestling for you. And I, I have a feeling that's where Cross may shine is on the on the, on the loops, you know. And maybe they'll figure it out as a live, you know, a TV slash PLE um, presentation, and maybe they'll make it work. And, and it'll it'll fu- I can fully immerse myself in it. But yeah, I'd like to see him on a house show just to see how much different he is there versus you know what I've seen on TV. Because, like, um, I'll give you three people who my opinion totally changed when I saw them work house shows. 
uh, one was FTR. Uh, saw them working New Day at a couple of house shows, and they were they're exactly the type of guys who play better in front of a house show crowd than on TV. Yeah. Um, their whole act is much better in front of a live crowd than on, on TV. And Randy Orton, you know, all that narrative about Randy Orton being boring and this and the other. I mean, when I saw him a few times, I saw him in a house show and the way he had, you know, the way he had control of the audience and everything uh, just totally changed my opinion of him. Randy Orton's a guy I'd love to see at a house show. I have not had the pleasure of watching Randy Orton live. Uh, you know, get well soon, Randy, because if you ever yeah. make the loop around this way again, I'll definitely go see him. All right. But, but so let's, good grade oh, go ahead. One. I'm sorry. Yeah, must a good grade for this one, though. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great cage match. Great use of the environment. Great use of the finish. Because the you know how many times have we seen that finish where one guy's trying to go through the door and somebody's trying to get out the outside, and you know every now and then they just don't hit the they don't stick the landing on it and these guys stuck the landing. It was good. Yeah. All right. So moving on to the fourth match on the card. I just closed out my notes app here. <laughs> We had another match that I really was kind of uh, about was the OC versus Judgment Day. Uh, you know, what were they going to do? Was anybody going to come out and be the equalizer, to, you know, to Rhea Ripley? That did not end up being the case tonight. And what ended up being one hell of a good fight, Rob. I mean, if for, for all the jokes we may have about, you know, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows and why they came back and, you know, everything they said in the past, the boys put the working boots on tonight. Yeah, and... um like we, look, I've said before, when they come to work, it, it's fine. It's just yeah. when you get, you know, when you put them in one of those matches where they don't have to care, then it becomes mail-it-in time. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, tonight but, was not a mail-it-in night for the OC. No, and and credit to them. And, you know, they both, yeah, they both came to work. And, you know, AJ always. And, and yeah, I mean, it was, it was a good match. Uh, I was, again, I was expecting that to be... Again, you know, I could call the hot dog match, um, but I stayed and watched it, and it was very good. And now, I think we may have talked ourselves into believing that they were going to have somebody there to counter Rhea Ripley tonight. We because, did, because they never—I mean, they—they they never mentioned it on commentary. You yeah. Know, uh, before this match, that is, you know, they didn't talk it up like that. Um, and the OC guys, they didn't. You know, yeah, they, I mean, they didn't really make that big of a deal out of it. Um, and so I think we talked ourselves into believing that that was going to happen tonight. We did that, and and I'll say this about that. we I think we know eventually the, the game is Rhea Ripley versus Beth Phoenix. Yes. If you suddenly bring out an equalizer who can hold their own against Rhea Ripley, you have taken the punch and you have taken the money out of that match. Right. So, and I saw somebody post on the timeline in the middle of it all that they've got to do something with this Rhea Ripley situation. Somebody's got to come out and stop her. I'm like, we are still months away from a Beth Phoenix Rhea Ripley showdown. You do not want to take the money out of that bag. And right. putting anybody else in there right now that can go toe to toe with her is right. gonna is absolutely gonna kill anything, any money that that match would make. Exactly, and um, because it's got to be somebody who can go toe to toe with her. You're not gonna have you know, I saw some people, maybe they'll get Liv Morgan. And I mean, she would have ragdolled Liv Morgan or, you know, or somebody like, you know, because they got little histories or whatever. 
You beat me to it. I was going to mention their tag team history and returning on her. And there may be some story down the line there, but nah, not right now. No, no, this is, this story is, we, you know, they need somebody who can square up with Rhea Ripley. Yep. And, you know, and look, and we've seen some people, we know who can, right? I mean, you know, Raquel, Bianca, Charlotte, but why would you do that now? Or, you know, why would you do that now? And like you said, take all the air out of the balloon when Beth Phoenix comes back. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to mention, Dominic as a heel is working for me, Bubba. Uh, he's another one that has been the internet whipping boy, but I, this heel turn for him was a really good move. Yeah, because, well, I think because his deficiencies actually play well into the character he's yes but even his timing tonight like i was watching him in the ring and i was trying to actually pay a little bit less attention because the characters got me like this dynamic with him and Rhea has got me i'm there with that i was now i'm i'm paying attention to him from an in-ring standpoint his timing was good the things he was doing in there were were for what he's doing were excellent um he's not fantastic yet i don't think he's ever going to be his dad but that's a, that's a hard that's a hard tree to climb to be Rey Mysterio because this dude beat all. I mean, aside from just being an incredible worker, he beat a lot of stereotypes. He beat a lot of like he was you know punching up punching up his entire career, and you know Dominic standing almost a foot taller than his dad. The only way he has to punch up is the fact that he's still pretty green. Yeah. But all, all in all, um, yeah, impressive showing from Dominic for what he did in there was really kind of surprised to see Judgment Day get the win here and a definitive win over, uh, you know, AJ Styles with uh, Finn hitting the coup de grace at the end. Yeah, and because now, because I had talked, I think I picked the OC to win, but that was because I had talked to myself into believing that they were going to have an equalizer out there. Yeah. And once that was not the case, then it was pretty elementary who was going to win that one. Right. And that, I think tonight, just solidified Judgment Day as a legitimate threat to the main roster. You know, maybe there's more story to tell between the, you know, the the original club and the Judgment Day. Maybe there's still some more mileage there. But if they ended it tonight, it'd be okay. And, you know, Judgment Day can continue to move forward with whatever plans they have. Yeah, because I think, I mean, at some point they need to, at least even if they don't win a title, at some point you've got to turn your attention to winning one of the titles. Yeah. Well, the problem is, aside from, you know, like the U.S. and the Intercontinental, and the Intercontinental is over on SmackDown, the U.S. Championship is the only men's singles title that isn't locked down somewhere. And unfortunately, the tag team titles are unified. So, and they're not beating the Usos anytime soon. No. Uh, my my hope is that the New Day beat the Usos just just shy of the Usos beating their their championship. Right? Like in, in my, my Mark head that's what I want is for them not to beat the new day's tag team record. And, and they're, they're inching up close and the other you know, or the new day have a chance to stop those guys next Friday on SmackDown. Yeah. But right now the, the U S championship currently held by Shelf Rollins is the only thing available. That's where the problem with all the unification has, that's, that's the problem that, that that's kind of been presented here. Yeah. And so, um, you know, but I mean, yeah, I mean, so maybe some 
things can change around and the U.S. title becomes a, you know, a reachable thing. And I think, you know, in Rhea Ripley should at least try to get a match with Bianca Belair. I mean, well, let me ask you this. Do you think that Rhea versus Bianca is the WrestleMania play? And you guys talked, you you and I talked in the pre-show about what we thought next year's WrestleMania card might look like. And we really thought it might be Bianca and Charlotte, but it's one of the two. It's it's either it's either Charlotte or it's Rhea. My my gut two. now is telling me it's Rhea, unless you're gonna build that one up for the following year, which Rhea's young enough to do. And at that point, you'll have had three years of Bianca Belair in the main event scene, just about ready to hand that torch over to someone else. Yeah, so we'll we'll see. But I think it's obvious it's one it's going to be one of those two one of those two okay all right anyway the uh like, like i said judgment day getting them getting a win tonight and you know solidifying themselves as a legitimate threat to the main roster yeah absolutely. another match coming up here that we kind of all laughed about we really thought it was going to be make or break time for almost uh almost versus braun Strowman. i'm going to start off by saying one almost looked great in actual ring gear uh, it was the first time seeing him come out in something other than, you know, slacks and a, you know, like a painted on muscle shirt. Um, this match was fun. This was a great meaty men slapping meat muscle guy match. Um, and it almost looked great. I, I don't know who's been working with the guy on like his in ring, not just his, his, uh, his work, but how he worked with the crowd. He was in there. He was trash talking. He was smack talking. Everything about him tonight felt legitimate, and it felt like it was definitely something that was missing from him. Rob, what do you think? Uh, same here, and um, I think there's nothing else for him to get out of doing the squash matches. I, so I think Braun was a perfect you know, kind of dance partner for him. And, um, you know, when you know we were talking about this on the – our regular show that this was kind of kind of now or never point for him and so i think he showed enough here i think he did a good job as the said the trash talking was really good from him um it was again the ring gear was really good and i think he's probably been looking forward to getting in there with somebody who he could you know run into and throw around and get thrown around and all that stuff. I think he was probably looking forward to that because again, the squash match stuff, it only goes so far. It doesn't, yeah. you know, and, um, and look, look, they, I mean, they, they brought back the old test of strength at the beginning and yes, that was great. I popped yes. for it. <laughs> I know, look, yeah. Yeah. You will, you will always get me by going, by, by doing that. Okay. Yep. You will rope me into the test of strength every time. Yeah. And then, you know, when Braun was doing the, the choo-choo train running around the ring, and, but this time almost just stopped him, did. <laughs> Which I think and is the first time that's happened. To his credit, man, Strowman was bumping like a son of a gun for almost. It was great. Yeah. And uh, so I imagine Braun was probably happy to work with him, too, um, for the same reasons, right? You get, you get you know, throwing around little guys and running into little guys or, you know, and, you know, you, I'm sure you get tired of that after a while. You know, and uh, some, yeah, I'm sure they were happy to be working with each other. Yeah. And this is one of the, for a match that I really was like not 
overly excited about. I wouldn't mind seeing them run it back. Oh, yeah, same here. And I, I really hope they do have the kind of, you know, the standoff in the Royal Rumble and, you know, where they you know, both are throwing everybody out and they end up in there, you know, with each other. You know, I hope they do that. Yeah, I, I'd be okay with that, too, even if they eliminated each other or, yeah. you know, I don't know, say they're they're close to the ropes and, I don't know, Ricochet scoops up the legs and dumps them both out over the top rope. Yeah. <laughs> or, or Drew Gulak. I'm okay with Drew Gulak. Right, exactly. Anyway, Braun Strowman getting the surprise win here. Almost pretty much spent the whole match beating his ass. Strowman scooped him up, held him up there for the big power slam, and got the win on that one in a match that, like I said, I hope they run back somewhere down the line. Moving on to the unified tag team championship match, champions Usos versus the Brawl and Brutes, Rich Holland, and the artist formerly known as Pete Dunn, now known as Butch. Uh, this match was a, was a hell of a fight, man. It, it, for me, I think it probably went about five minutes longer than it needed to. But there's some great spots and there's some great moments where I really thought they had this thing won. Like, they, they got me at one point. They had um, Ridge was in the ring with one of the Usos and he hit him with something. And it's one of those things where the other Usos get ready to slide in and make the save. Pete Dunn ties him up. So you think for just a, they hit him with the uh, he, Ridge hit him with the white noise. And you really, like, for a second, I'm like, holy shit, they're actually going to, no, I kicked out, god damn it. So, <laughs> it, it, but I like that. I like it when they get me like that. And, it, you know, very rarely anymore do I get got. And this was one of those moments where they got me. And now I got to confess, this was the match. This was indeed the the, the, the go get some food match for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, I was in chat with Rob, and Rob the whole time was like, man, I need to get lunch. I need to get lunch. Which match? Which match? Yeah, and uh, yeah, and um, so I, I, I missed most of this one. I caught the last few minutes of it, the last what I saw was good, and yeah, there, there were some great spots, Bubba. They, like I said, the, the match it probably went about five minutes longer than I wish it would have, but. Again, with these four guys, and it's especially, you know, anytime you give me Pete Dunn, you know, slash Butch in a ring, I'm going to tune in and watch it just because he's he's an incredible worker. He's fun to watch. I like. He's one of those guys who I like watching move in the ring. Just the way he moves, the, the, the fluidity, the timing, all of it. He's just an in, incredible guy to watch. For me, he's probably, from a overall working standpoint, Plus some much better character work. He's one of the best in-ring workers I've seen since Dean Malenko. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, and that and, I, and that's a compliment. One hundred percent a compliment for me. So, like I said, the uh, the Usos eking out, and I say eking out because they barely won this one. The Usos retaining the undisputed tag team champions championships in an otherwise, you know, in, in another awesome match. Yeah, and I'll say from what, what I saw was good. And unfortunately, I did not see much of this one. <laughs> yeah, you, you, Bubba, you missed a good match. But if you were, I have to say, and I have to be honest and I have to be fair, if there was any match that you were going to go to the bathroom, go grab a bite to eat, this was the one. Um, and that's not because it was a bad match. It's just because out of the, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight matches on the card, this was probably my least favorite, and that's hard to say because that implies that I didn't like it, 
So that should tell you what I feel about the rest of the card. Because I enjoyed that match. Moving on to what some of us unanimously may feel have would have been the match of the night. Last woman standing versus, you know, with Bailey versus champion Bianca. Uh, this one, man, these girls, I didn't care for their last match. Like last month, I didn't care for it. The, 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 what was it? The ladder match. Yeah. It, something with the ladder match with those two girls didn't hit with me. They fixed all of it tonight. This match was everything that I thought these two talents you know, had the had the ability to deliver. I know, Rob, go ahead and get into this. You felt like you were a little worried at the beginning of this one. Yeah, because at, at the beginning, it was getting a little stunt show-y for me. Um, particularly that one spot where Bianca was sitting in the chair and Bailey was ran across the top of the barricade. Yeah. And it's the thing we always talk about, you know, sitting there for 30 seconds or for a minute while the other person is going through all these machinations. And... When they did that, I was like, okay, here we go. But thankfully, that was the last one of those that they did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and from that point on, I was like, okay, we're, we're good now. Okay, we're fine. We're good. Um, because, yeah, I just look at it at my age. It's just that's one of those things that just, you know, irks me now when those any of those spots where somebody is, laying there on the table or they're sitting in the chair or they're sitting on top of the turnbuckle forever or standing outside forever while you climb up the turnbuckle you know um those things I, yeah that's just that's one of those things i just can't do now um in in the business we used to call that waiting on the bus yeah that's what they called it you're standing there you're waiting for them to hit you with something and it for us old school guys it takes us right out of the match yeah, and yeah, exactly. And um, so they did. So when they did that one, I was like, "Oh boy, it's gonna be one of those nights." Huh? But <laughs> you know, but thankfully that was the last. That was it for that. And then from you know, from where they went on from there was was excellent. And you know, all the stuff they did was good. When that when Bailey trapped Bianca in the steps, <clears throat> oh, yes. that was that was an excellent spot. Um, now, unfortunately, look, guys, Hunter, whoever, please, can, can you, can you get some tables that break for the women, please? <laughs> well, to be fair, <laughs> the way, the way Bailey hit that table, she hit it an angle. She kind of overshot the mark. I think if she had hit that flat back, she would have splattered right through it. It would have gone the way they wanted. Okay. And, I'm, and that's not, and I'm not putting, no, I'm not putting that on any of the, on either of the. I'm not putting that on any of the women wrestlers. Okay. Like, y'all, but for some reason, y'all keep getting these tables that won't break for them. Okay. I mean, like Sasha and Charlotte and Hell in the Cell, when Sasha's yeah. pretty much just splattering against the table and the damn thing wouldn't break. And then um, when Becky and Charlotte did the last woman standing match, the first time it didn't break. Hey, Rob, you know which woman does break a table real well? Who's that? Liv Morgan. <laughs> You want to see the face he's making right now. <laughs> and he's whipping out his phone. <laughs> I think Rob just checked out on me. <laughs> Speaking of people who take too long to climb the turnbuckle. <laughs> now, see, now, now, everybody, now I, okay, he did this, okay? I, I triggered him. <laughs> okay, he did this, all right? I had nothing, I was not here to say anything. This may or may not have been intentional. 
Okay, I was not here to say anything negative about that woman. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, but if we're gonna talk about people who take ten years to climb the turnbuckle, okay. <laughs> but anyway, anyway. Mo- moving on back to Crown Jewel. <laughs> All right. Your Tell me you didn't pop. Tell me you didn't pop when uh, when <laughs> Bailey's on top of the golf cart. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bianca drives it down to the ring. I think the only thing that would have made that spot even better is if Bianca had slammed on the brakes and Bailey just kind of rolled off the top of it and went through the table. Oh, that that would have been funny. That, that would have been, been spectacular. Yeah. Because at first, when, when when Bailey was driving the golf cart at first, we were all like, okay, you're going a little too slow there. There's no way you're going to hit her with the golf cart. Yeah, um, that, that spot looked a little cheesy. But then, but then you know, Bianca, but thankfully, Bianca got out of the way. Because yeah. At, because at first, I was like, oh, great. So you're just going to stand there and let her hit you with the golf cart. Because when, like, when Roman ran over Kevin Owens, it was very fast. It was very fast, and it was like, just like instant, and Kevin, Kevin Owens goes right through the glass. Yeah. And... So at first, when Bailey started driving around, I was like, "Okay, okay, you're not just gonna stand there and let her hit you." Okay, but then they didn't. She moved out of the way and she knocked her out of the golf cart. Which see, and that's exactly how you. That's perfect where you handle stuff like that. Not like the AEW golf cart spot where what was it? Matt was chasing Sammy Guevara, and there's like all this room for Sammy to like get out of the way, but he just keeps running in a straight line. Oh yeah, looking yeah. back at the uh, golf cart, uh, and then finally tell, takes the hit. I'm like. Oh God! What an awful spot. Yes. What a just, terrible spot that. Just, was. just terrible. It's and, awful. Uh, yeah. But anyway, great match between these two girls. They really salvaged what could have been in a, in a couple of areas. What could have been a disaster. Great work out of these girls. I don't think they're finished. The fin- actually the finish of that match was rather clever, with Becky or with Bianca putting Becky in the ladder and then sliding the ladder up underneath the turnbuckle so she couldn't get out from underneath of it. I thought it was rather clever. Yeah, and so now I'm, uh, so obviously since um, EO and Dakota won the tag team belts back, um, it's not that, since we have a, have a split basically, uh, it's not over because I was wondering like, okay, well, what happens if we get a clean sweep, you know, with, you know, damage control losing both matches and then like, how do you keep this going? You and, run dangerously into the territory with Judgment Day that we ran into about three months ago. Right. So now, um, I think, again, I think you can pretty much, I think Bailey winning the Raw Women's Championship, I think you can pretty much say that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. At least not out of this feud. Because mm-hmm. um, they, they had two chances to do it, and they had two matches where she could have done it, one without pinning Bianca. Um, yeah. So to not do it either one of those, I don't think you come back and have her pin Bianca now after having both of those two matches go the way they did. Um, but obviously the feud is not over. We got three weeks of war games and Nikki Cross interfering in the tag team match. Um, Nikki Cross doing what she does best, which is stick her nose in the matches that don't concern her and cost her uh, championships. God, um, two years later, he's not over this. Oh, well, I mean, it's, it, it hasn't been. It's only been. It hasn't been two years. It's only been a year and a few months. <laughs> Okay, all right, but that's what she—that's what Nikki Cross does. She sticks her nose in the things that don't concern her, and she steals people's championships. But that's okay because we know what happens in the end. She gets put down like a dog. Oh God, he's so salty. Okay, he's so salty over this thing. Okay, 
anyway, moving on from that match, uh, yeah, Bianca Bianca Belair retaining in in what ended up being a really awesome match. And for me, aside from, and I got to be honest here, the women's tag team championship match was right up there. Like there was some really good stuff going on there, some just entertaining stuff, some great wrestling, but. This match for match of the night for me just eked out the women's tag team championship match. Yeah, I mean they they were both up there for me. Yeah, definitely. Moving into not going to spend a whole lot of time here. Another promo from Bray Wyatt. Another tease of whoever Uncle Howdy is. This is one of those things where it's compelling. It has my attention. If you want to keep my attention, we've got to start moving this along. And I I hate being that way because we talk about those type of fans who don't wait around for the payoff. I'm getting a little impatient on the payoff here. And while in my head, I know it's going to right now, triple H has not missed. There's probably been little things that haven't always hit with me, but all in all, since triple H has taken over creative, it has not missed. So I'm, I have faith that this, the payoff for this is going to be worth it, but I'm starting to get a little impatient because it just seems like rinse and repeat every week. Bray comes out, Bray cuts a promo. Love you guys. You know, when I was trying to find myself, and, and, and it's a heartfelt promo. It feels really good. Then we tease, you know, whoever this Uncle Howdy is, and then we're done. And this is now the fourth time we've done this. I'm like, okay, when do we get to the next page in the story? Because I feel like we're kind of lingering on page three here. Yeah. Um, I, I This is, like you said, this is like the what, third or fourth week in a row of the same thing and yeah. like okay i know yeah okay i know we're going somewhere with this obviously right. but we're at the point now it's like okay you need we need something here right if if you're gonna have someone if if you're going to have some accomplice or accomplices we need to start seeing those people if you're going to target somebody to go after, we need to start seeing some signs of who that is. Um, because right now it's just, you're kind of having a, you know, it's kind of feuding with yourself in your own mind. Or, yeah. I don't know exactly. Um, but we, we need to see some action here. Um, well, maybe that's the point though. Maybe this is where they're going with this is that he's at odds with himself. And, and, this is really maybe maybe we're missing some nuance here because we've all said, you know, we don't want Bray anywhere near a, a, a championship or at least a, a world championship. You know, we'd be, be OK with the universe or a uh, U.S. or intercontinental. But, you know, let's also keep it a buck. The Bray Wyatt presentation is a main event thing. Right. And that's the thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, exactly. So and that that's always been the problem. Right. The, yeah, the presentation is main event level, but there's never, you know, because it's because his his appeal is so character based, and uh, look, he's not a bad in ring worker, unlike what people some people say, but he's just he's not somebody where it's like, oh, I can't wait for that Bray Wyatt match, um, and and then also, you know, he. There's, like I said, there's never there never seems to be a satisfying ending because you know, if you have them lose the big match, there are people who get mad. Um, 
if you have him win the big match like with the fiends you know because once he turned into the indestructible murder clown and it's like well what are we supposed to do with this he's the universal champion yeah what to do with this um and then you know then they ultimately had to just send goldberg out there to do the deed and take the heat you know and, and you know we don't want to end up back there again right or in something like that um but yeah, I'm gonna need now. Okay, I need you to make start making some moves here. If you're gonna if you're gonna have some people with you, you need to start bringing them in. If there's some wrestler you're going to go after, or get into it with, or something, that needs to start happening. Yeah, need to start moving in that direction because we've done this thing. Yeah, what I like about it right now is that it seems like it's. Uh, remember Waylon Mercy. Yeah, it's Waylon Mercy done right. Like Waylon Mercy started off the match, he shook the hand. It's up until the bell, he was a babyface, and then the bell rang and something snapped in his head, and you know he was a completely different character. I was, I, I'm sorry that never got to play out to to completion because I thought that was rather compelling. We're seeing that at least shades of that with Bray Wyatt, and I think if anybody can pull it off and you know and and bring it home, Bray can do it. But yeah, it's at this point we need to turn the page, and what, what what's next is is what I need to see. Yeah. So, all right, let's move on to the main event, and I cannot do this anywhere near as well as our our, our missing missing in action uh, third man on the show, Jason, the man destined to go through a barbershop window. Our forget it. <laughs> I'm not even going to try. He's better at it than I am. Roman Reigns, undisputed, universal heavyweight champion, Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul in, dude, I say that Bianca and the women's tag team championship match was match of the night for me. It doesn't, those matches don't beat this one by much. This was an absolute slugfest between Roman Reigns and Logan Paul. Logan Paul continues to impress you know, in every outing in the WWE, every match, it gets a little better. Sean Waltman posted, and Rob, I think you shared this in our chat, that he's such a natural in there. Everything he does, the way he moves in the ring, the way he executes his moves, his facial expressions, his selling. Logan Paul looks like a guy who's been doing this a hell of a lot longer than he has been. And while, you know, my personal opinion on the guy is what it is, my opinion on Logan Paul, WWE superstar, the guy's freaking incredible. Yeah, man. And, um, like, I expected this to be good all the time. I expected it to be entertaining because, I mean, because Roman is that good. And we know we've seen enough of Logan Paul. You know, look, he's a good, he's a great athlete and he takes this stuff seriously. And so I, I figured, yes, it'll, this will be a good and entertaining match. This was way more than that. I mean, and he was doing stuff in there. You know, he pulled out a buckshot lariat. Uh, you know, Hangman Page's big move. Um, and he, he hit that D'Lo Brown's frog splash too, man. Oh yeah, and then, that was incredible. Oh my god! And then you know he went for the sweet chin music. Of course, didn't hit it. Um, he, I mean, he hit the Superman punch on Roman. <laughs> um, you know, and then, oh, and then, um, 
Now, the one, the one time I will give somebody a pass for taking a long time to do a table spot because him being the YouTube guy, he went, you know, he pulled out the phone and he went live, you know, jumping off the turnbuckle. Have you and, seen the video for that? Like, no, I haven't. Maddie, Maddie posted it in the chat. No, I haven't. You know, I haven't. I haven't it, it's incredible. Like, you ought to take a second and look at it. It's what a viral. Like, that dude knows his crowd. He yeah. really does, and that's dude. It's already up to like she said it was up on his Instagram for like nine minutes and was already well over two hundred and fifty thousand views. It's now like up over one point six million. We're not I mean, an hour past the show. I mean, it's it's it's, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. And, you know, and he you know he brought his couple of his guys there with him, and you know they they got beat up by Jimmy and Jay. <laughs> um, you know, and then uh, you know Roman was. Trash talking in the camera, calling out all the YouTube guys, um, and I mean they had. I mean that this match was just excellent, man. I and you know I called it match of the night, and you know for me, I guess it maybe that it might have been an issue. It might have been a matter of what happened versus expectations. I mean they yeah. totally blew me away, um, and I mean like I said, Logan Paul is just he's a great athlete, and he is. I mean, he's really good at this stuff. And I mean, so now, you know, look, look, the old days of celebrity wrestling matches, those are gone. Um, now, if you come in there, you, you better come in there ready to go. Yeah. Guys like Logan Paul, Pat McAfee, to a lesser degree, Stephen Amell have really set a high bar for celebrities trying to cross that line. Yeah, and then of course Bad Bunny also. I mean, uh, Bad uh, Bunny. I totally forgot about Bad Bunny. Yeah, and now so. Yeah, and um, I mean, man, that guy's just. I mean, he's he's just phenomenal, man. Um, and I totally did not expect it. I thought it would be good. I thought it would be, you know, I thought Roman would make it about as competitive as it needed to be. Um, because honestly, I, I didn't think Logan Paul was going to like. I didn't think he could do enough for them to have this competitive of a match and for it to look good. I thought he could do enough to hit a few spots and, you know, and I thought he could do, I thought he was going to be able to do that, hit a few spots, a few other moves and hang in there for a few minutes. Um, but he fought like Roman to almost uh, even. And it was a 50, 50 match. If we're being real about it. Yeah, and, and at no point did it look like Roman was just like letting him do stuff. Right. I mean and it, it and it it didn't look ridiculous because you know, sometimes with these matches, you know, where it's where it goes fifty fifty and the two guys look like they shouldn't, or, or the two guys by reputation should not go fifty fifty and then and then they do, and sometimes it's just kind of ridiculous. And, you know, and just and you're just kind of sitting here like, really? But he fought Roman, you know, even Steven, and it looked good. It it didn't look out of place. Nope. Again, again, it didn't look like you know. Again, it didn't. Yeah, it, it didn't look ridiculous. It didn't. You know, we weren't sitting there like, oh, come on, right? Um, and so kudos to him, man. He he is really good at this stuff. Um, and so of course, you know, we don't know. I guess what his schedule is going to be like going forward. Um, mm -hmm. and Listen, I mean, it, I mean, look, he, he probably won the U.S. title or something next year. 
Oh, I could. I we live in a world where Logan Paul is definitely intercontinental or U.S. champion at some point in the next six to twelve months. And it's and, it, and it's not embarrassing. It it's not at all. Not no. embarrassing at all. Like if you're sitting there looking, oh my God, Logan Paul, you absolutely don't understand this stuff at all. Yeah. At all. Like if you don't understand one, why they signed him to begin with, you don't understand this industry. And two, if you could watch. We can isolate tonight's match, but if you can look at the last, the three matches he's been in, and one, not see that he has a natural aptitude for this, and two, not see that the guy has gotten exponentially better each outing, again, this is not the company for you. Right, because I mean, the first two matches he had, again, he hit spots. He did spots. Right. And and they were good. He did a great job at doing spots, but that's what it was. He did spots. Right. This time he worked. He worked a match, and th- he picked up the nuances of it all, the selling and the the trying to work the crowd. And and kudos to Roman because again, a lot of the he- Roman again because because Logan is so green. Roman did a lot of the, the heavy lifting and obviously quarterback this match. But Logan was his timing was impeccable. Everywhere he was, everywhere he was supposed to be, his facial expressions, his body language, the way he sold, all of that was on point. Roman, complete professional for taking so much from this kid. Because you look at this kid, Roman's easily got what twenty five pounds on him. Yeah. And at, at points, Roman's letting you know Logan muscle him around. You know, they locked up a couple of times, and this is you look at it, you know, again, I, I do all my, my side-by-side comparisons. You line those two guys up side-by-side, Roman's a beast. He should be muscling Logan Paul all over that place, and Roban was taking it from him. And, and you know, I enjoyed seeing that, and, you know, kudos to Roman Reigns. You know, we're sitting here putting Logan Paul over. Roman Reigns worked his ass off tonight. Oh, he did. He absolutely did. And, but it's kind of like, it's the same thing like with Brock. If 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 Brock respects you, if he knows you're serious, he knows you're there to, to, to work, then he'll do whatever you need in the match. Yeah. And it's business so, smart, man. Business smart. Yeah. And, and you know, Roman did that because, look, I mean, Logan Paul, you know, he earned everybody's respect. And he's not, you know, and he's not there for bullshit. He's not there to bullshit around. He's, he's not there just like to sell some products or something. Um, and so when you come in there like that, then yeah, the best people will, yes, they will work with you. They will do stuff for you. They, you know, they will let you get stuff in on them. Yeah. And so kudos to Roman for doing that. And and kudos to Logan Paul for being, for getting good enough at this where, you know, somebody like Roman Reigns can do that, will do that for you. And again, it doesn't look ridiculous. Right. And uh, it doesn't look silly. It doesn't look ridiculous. It doesn't look like some contrived, you know, thing. Yeah. So this is just excellent match. Just excellent match. Roman Reigns getting the victory. Tons of you know shenanigans towards the end. We had the uh, the bloodline. The Usos come out. Then we had they were beating up uh, Logan's entourage from the yeah. was it Impulsive? Is that the name of his yeah. podcast? Yeah. Impulsive. They beat his two camera guys up, and then you know his brother came out and was working over the Usos. Then Solo Sokoa came out. Like it was just complete chaos at the end. Roman Reigns hitting with the the Superman punch and the spear to finally, finally put Logan Paul down. Just a great way to end. 
what ended up being a spectacular premium live event. I believe this is what we're considering Triple H's second or third on his own. Are, are we counting the castle? Because um, the castle really was rooted in Vince McMahon. Yeah, and see, the thing is, all right, well, I'll say that the main event was booked under Vince McMahon. Because yeah. when Logan Paul signed there, Vince was still in charge. So, and you know this match was part of the deal. Right. Um, but everything underneath, I think you can, I think everything underneath was Hunter. All right, so we can we can officially call this Thunder, Hunter's third premium live event outing. Another home run, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, there are little things I could pick apart, but not enough to say that this show didn't hit on all cylinders for me. Right, exactly, and then um, just excellent show, start to finish. Uh, great job. And now, of course, next month. Now, now next month is all Hunter. Yeah. yeah, War Games is all. It's not even next month. It's in three weeks, brother. Yeah, three weeks. We, we got yeah, three weeks. War Games is his baby, and that's that's one hundred percent. You know, Hunter, and now now this is where the rubber meets the road for Hunter. Right, because now um, this is his deal. Um, that is, and then you know, WrestleMania next year. Again, there are a couple of things that have been again. Um, you know, Becky and Ronda has been believed to be next up since last year um and of course people have mentioned bianca and charlotte since wrestlemania this year yeah uh, and so will you stick with that will you do something else um and then putting together the rest of the card you know and so now yeah so now i'm mean, we're officially entering into you know what, what goes on from here on out is 100 percent going to be Either he gets Hunter's going to get credit, or Hunter's going to take the heat if it doesn't go right. Yeah, and that's you know he said we get into the deep water with him pretty soon, and we'll see how it goes. Anyway, uh, unless Robin, unless you've got anything else, I think we can call the go home spot there. Oh uh, nope, and uh, uh, that's great show and and you know excellent job by everybody all around. Yeah, lo- looking forward to War Games in three weeks. Anyway, guys, this has been the Mindless Wrestling Podcast supplemental episode covering the WWE Premium Live Event Crown Jewel. I have been your host, DJ. I want to thank my co-host uh, from the Rob the Genius Podcast, Mr. Rob. Thank you for suggesting this, and uh, thank you to the Chairshot Radio Network for giving us an additional day to get a podcast up here and talk about this. Yeah, thank you guys all for listening, and uh, we will see you next time. All right, we'll see you this coming week. Remember, you can call it pro wrestling, you can call it sports entertainment, you can call it whatever you want, but call it in a ring. And we're out of here till next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free.
That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.